Praise the Lord. Testing. We on? We on up there? Test, test. So here we are, gathered together to listen to Lesson 10 in the study of Hebrews. And it finds us in chapter 4. Last week we took a little bit of a rabbit trail, which I hated to do because we were right in the middle of a thought in the book of Hebrews. The writer had just warned the Hebrews about not entering the rest of God as did their forefathers. Let's uh, read a few verses back up into chapter 3 before we get into chapter 4. It says, They shall never enter my rest. See to it, brothers, that none of you, none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Messiah if we hold firmly until the end the confidence we had at first. As has just been said today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as they did in the rebellion. And so, the wilderness people of Israel did not enter the rest of God. And the author equates that rest that they did not enter to the rest that we can enter now which will be the main focus of the message today. By saying just rest, we're left wondering just what he means by rest. Was it entering the land? Is it the weekly Sabbath rest? Does he mean the Sabbath rest of God at the end of this age, the Messianic kingdom that Yeshua is going to be ushering in? Or may it be that, as I think, he wants us to consider all of these as our example. And so with that, let's go to chapter 4, verse 1. It says, Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. For we also have had the gospel preached to us just as they did. But the message they heard was of no value to them because those who heard it did not combine it with faith. Now we who have believed... Enter that rest, just as God said, So I declare on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. And so this is all kind of a tangled mess to understand if you don't understand what he's speaking of when he says rest. He's quoting the Septuagint version of Psalm 95, and we looked at that psalm last week, and the Greek word that's used in the Septuagint for rest is Catapasis, and it means resting place, or metaphorically, the heavenly blessedness, blessedness in which God dwells. It's used when translating the word, Hebrew word for rest, menucha, which we looked at last week. It means resting place, quiet, rest. And so, he says, they shall never enter my place of rest. Now, you may have heard in response in your response to your defense of the Sabbath, if you've made a talking to uh, people about keeping the Sabbath, particularly those who don't, that they'll say something like, Yeshua is my rest, my Sabbath rest. He's my Sabbath. Well, this is where they get their statement from, that statement from. This is often mainstream thought on this verse, but if you, you really have to stretch the meaning of the verse to come up with anything like that. But the reason they do is because they don't understand the concept of rest or the weekly Sabbath. 
Let's first look at this concept of rest. Why would the author equate Israel not entering the land with the Sabbath rest at the end of the age? Well, the term menucha means, like I said, resting place. And that's exactly what the original generation coming up out of Egypt did not fail to enter. They failed to enter the resting place of God. Listen to what Numbers chapter 14, verse 30 says. None of you will enter the land. I swore with uplifted hand to make your home except Caleb and Jephunneh, son of Joshua, or, and Joshua, son of Nun. As for your children that you said would be taken as plunder, I will bring them in to enjoy the land you have rejected. But you, your bodies will fall in the desert. And so here we're told that the land that Israel failed to enter is the same thing as the rest. And we're also told that it would to, to the children it would be for them to enjoy. That God would give them the land to enjoy. You see, part of the definition of you will not enter my rest is that you will not enjoy, you will not have joy in the land. You'll not have the joy of the Lord. And we should, as we have come to know Yeshua, be a people of great joy. We have secured this rest. When we see People without, when I see people without joy in their lives, when I see believers without joy in their lives, and you often do, I start to wonder, just what is their relationship with Messiah Yeshua? How come they don't have joy in their life? But let's see what else it says. Joshua chapter 21 verse 43 says, So the Lord gave Israel all the land he had sworn to give their forefathers, and they took possession of it and settled there. And the Lord gave them rest on every side. Just he had sworn their forefathers. Not one of their enemies withstood them. The Lord handed all their enemies over to them. Not one of the Lord's good promises to the house of Israel failed. Every one was fulfilled. The Lord gave them rest on every side. Now the word for rest here is a little bit different. It's nuach and it means to give comfort, to dwell. He gave them comfort on every side. Part of the Lord's rest was that he comforted them in the land. He gave them victory. He defeated their enemies for them. It says he gave their enemies into their hands. But in other words, while they fought the battle, it was really God who fought the battle. He gave the enemies into their hand. He won the battle for them. And notice it says that not one of his promises, not one of the promises given to Israel, none of those promises given to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob failed. There's another thing that the Lord gave that generation as they entered into the land. We find it in Exodus chapter 29 and verse 45. It says, Then I will dwell among the Israelites and be their God, and they will know that I am the Lord their God, who brought them out of the land of Egypt so that I might dwell among them. I am the Lord their God. Isn't this an awesome verse? The Lord dwelled among them. In fact, it was the very reason he brought them up out of Egypt. So that he might dwell among them. Now the second generation who came into the land had these things. So when they say, when God says, they will not enter my rest, this is what the original generation forfeited. After Israel entered the land, they enjoyed this. But not for long. Because they failed to follow God. Listen to what Exodus 33 says in verse 12. You have said, 
You have said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so that I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. And the Lord replied, my presence will go with you. I will give you rest. The rest he speaks of, the rest uh, is God dwelling among them. That's part of the rest, to have God dwell among you. So this is the rest he gave them. A land flowing with milk and honey, just as he promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Victory, free of worry, because he was dwelling among them. But as I said, we're going to find out that it didn't last. They didn't always follow the Lord, and so it was lost. But then much later, David, who follows the Lord, gets this. In 2 Samuel, it says... Verses 1 and 2, after the king was settled in his place, the Lord had given him rest from all of his enemies around him. He said to Nathan the prophet, here I am living in this palace of cedar while the ark of the Lord remains in a tent. This is the rest the writer is speaking of when he says, see to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. So two things. He says that none of you will fall short of the rest. So we might want to ask ourselves, how are we doing with our joy in the Lord? How are we doing in our rest with the Lord? How are we doing with trusting God to take care of our enemies? Are all of our problems in life defeated by your trust in God? Are all your problems in life defeated by... Are you walking in the presence of the Lord? Are you walking in the promises of the Lord? No? Well, if not, you should probably look to see where you have failed to enter into God's rest. Because with Yeshua, you should be walking in these things throughout your life. But they should be particularly evident when you gather here on the Sabbath to rest. Amen? All of these things are part of the rest that God promises. That we and we in the church have failed to understand because we in the church have rejected the Sabbath and this concept of rest. We should have looked at rest and now... Now that we've looked at rest, I want to look at the Sabbath because the audience would have associated the Sabbath with this word rest. Most of us at Sar Shalom have been keeping the Sabbath for a long time, right? We've either heard a teaching or, or pieced together for ourselves that the Sabbath is a shadow of the Messianic kingdom that's about to come to the earth, the true Sabbath rest of God. Six days of creation are a shadow of 6,000 years of the present evil age. As Peter says, with the Lord a day is as a thousand years and a thousand years are as a day. Six days God labored in creation are a shadow of the 6,000 years of the present evil age. And on the seventh day when God rested from all of his work, it is a shadow of the seven, seventh thousand year period. Or the messianic kingdom or the day of the Lord or the Sabbath rest of God, whatever you want, whatever you prefer. This is all elementary for us, right? Anybody doesn't understand that? I don't think so if you've been coming here very long. But what many do not understand is that each time we keep the Sabbath 
as God would have us keep it, as a day of rest, as a day of gathering together, a day of fellowshipping with God's people, a day of your focus being on God and his Messiah, each Sabbath you rest in him and his care for you. Then as the author says, today you have entered his rest, right? You have just spent the entire day rehearsing the Sabbath rest of God. He says, in the wilderness, the Israelites shall never enter my rest, and they didn't. You see, entering the land of Israel would have been a shadow of entering the kingdom of heaven. Because he compares the two and their situation by saying, see to it that none of you have fallen short. Well, with the reference to the rest of God, of course, the Sabbath comes to mind. And this this. This is the second way many people don't understand because they don't keep the Sabbath. If you don't keep the Sabbath, how are you going to understand? If they, would, if they would understand more fully what it means when he says, see to it that none of you have fallen short, if they had ever kept the Sabbath. If we look at how God would have us keep the Sabbath, we can understand what this means. If we look at the Sabbath, the first thing you're going to have to understand about the Sabbath is that it takes preparation. You have to prepare for the Sabbath. If you're going to keep the Sabbath, which means spend no money, do no cooking, have all your shopping done, all your work done, you have to plan ahead. You have to cook for three meals if you're the lady of the house. Right? Or if you do the cooking in the house. To be politically correct. If you do not do everything before the Sabbath begins, you will have fallen short of the Sabbath rest. You have to have your Arab Shabbat meal done. You have to have your breakfast planned for the next day, ready, just to be set out. Then remember, you're going to have to gather on the Sabbath, because the author is later going to warn us in chapter 10, let none of... Let none of us give up meeting together as some of the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another all the more as we see the day approaching. You're going to have to gather together, and so you're going to have to bring something to share at the Sabbath Oneg meal. The Sabbath Oneg meal is a pot blessing. You have to bring something. Well, the Sabbath is coming. It's not going to slow down because you're not ready. Right? It's coming right on time. So if you fail to get to the store before the Sabbath begins, or if you fail to have your Arab Shabbat meal done before the Sabbath begins, then you've fallen short of the Sabbath rest of God. If you fail to shop for the Onig, you will have caused yourself and others some discomfort because there may not be enough food at the Onig. And you've fallen short of the Sabbath rest. The point being, you'll not, end, you'll not rest or your rest won't be a comfort to you, part of the joy in the Sabbath will be lost because you are unprepared. You'll not be able to keep the Sabbath as you should, or, or God forbid you won't be able to keep the Sabbath at all. Right? Well, guess what? All of this is a shadow. As the author would tell us in chapter 10, the Torah is a shadow of the good things that are coming. Just as the weekly Sabbath can come to you and you may be falling short, the Sabbath rest of God, according to the writer here, is the same thing. It can come to you and you will be falling short. Paul tells us that 
the things in the Torah were given as an example for us. You see, we are like the Israelites. We're on a journey. And the Sabbath rest is what we're journeying toward. We're journeying toward the Messianic kingdom, the Sabbath rest of God. It is as final a rest as the one that they didn't receive. It's not going to wait for you. You know, we sing a song sometimes, or there, at least there is a song, that says, Yom Shekelo Shabbat. And it is in reference to the end of the age when the Sabbath of God begins. It means a day that is all Shabbat. And that's what's coming to us. Just as certain as the weekly Sabbath comes to us, the Sabbath rest of God is going to be right on time. We don't know when the time is, but I can tell you it's going to be right on time. It will be a day that is all Shabbat, all rest. Well, not getting ready for the Sabbath today is a shadow of not being ready for that Sabbath. Amen? So the author says, let us be careful that none of you be found fallen short of it. How can you be found falling short of the Sabbath rest of God? We know Yeshua. We have a guarantee. As Yeshua uh, said in a verse we looked at last week, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them. They follow me. I will give them eternal life. They shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. We have this amazing promise. A guarantee from the Master that no one can snatch us out of his hand. And that's true. Just as the Sabbath rest of God is coming, so no one can snatch you out of the hand of the Lord of that Sabbath. Amen? So how is it that we can be fallen short? How can we be fallen short? Well, if you don't have everything ready for that Sabbath, you'll be fallen short. Have you, have you accomplished every good deed that was presented before you to do in this age? In this time of testing? Remember, Yeshua said to the rich young man, the rich man or young man asked him, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Yeshua said, go sell all you have, give to the poor and come follow me. Then you'll have riches in heaven. Or we could say you'll have riches in the rest of God. Yeshua says of his brothers, what you have done for the least of these, my brothers, you have done for me. So the question is not, will you get to the Sabbath rest of God? That's assured in Yeshua. The question is more, will you be ready for the Sabbath rest of God when you get there? Will you have done all you can do? Amen? I found this quote by Ari Kaplan in his book, Sabbath, A Day of Eternity. On every Sabbath, we partake of the future world, of peace and harmony of the Messianic age. The Jew who keeps Shabbat knows the meaning of true harmony and true tranquility. He knows how to use it and how to elevate himself with it. When the Messianic revolution comes, he will not be unprepared. By observing the Sabbath, he will be ready for the day when all is Sabbath. Sabbath keeps us aware of our final goal, goal in life. It is, the, it is 
very easy to become engulfed in by the worldly. The Sabbath constantly reminds us of the higher reality. Amen? Ari Kaplan knew the importance of the Sabbath and its relationship to the Sabbath rest of God, to eternity. Keeping the Sabbath is a shadow of being ready for the rest of God, Sabbath rest of God. The author says this in verse 2, he says, For we have had the gospel preached to us just as they did, but the message they heard was of no value to them because those who heard it did not combine it with faith. You know, if you look at this in the Greek, it literally says, we have been evangelized just as they were. So they had the gospel preached to them. Well, you know, some people would say, I don't see that anywhere in the Torah or in the wilderness journey that they had the gospel preached to them. Well, certainly those in the wilderness journey didn't know Yeshua was coming by name. They didn't know his name was going to be Yeshua. They didn't know when he was coming, right? But they knew that God was going to send a redeemer and a prophet. In fact, you know something? They actually lived out the redemption of God. Right? They were slaves in Egypt, just as surely as we were slaves in this evil world. They received redemption by the offering of a lamb, just as surely as we received redemption by the offering of the Lamb of God. That redemption secured them the weekly Sabbath rest, just as Yeshua's redemption has secured a Sabbath rest for us. God led them to his holy mountain and they heard his voice. He was going to speak to them so that, they would, so that they would reverence him. And so that they could hear him and be a holy nation and a kingdom of priests. Just as surely as he has given us his spirit. Peter says this. They stumbled because they disobeyed the message. Which, was of no, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God that you may declare his praises of him who called you out of darkness into this wonderful light. Once you were a people, but now you are, once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Even though they refused to hear the Lord's voice as we talked about last week, He sent his angel with them. Exodus chapter 32, verse 34 says, Now go lead the people to the place I spoke of. My angel will go before you. Just as surely as that angel went before them, Yeshua goes with us on the journey that we're on, this journey through life. And all throughout this, and although this generation fell in the wilderness because the message they heard was not combined with faith, God kept his promise to Israel to take Israel into the land. He promised their for, that he promised their forefathers. And their taking, their entering into the land, being led into the land, being read into that, led into that rest that God promised is a shadow as well. Think of it. Yehoshua led them into the land that God gave them rest on every side, just as he had sworn to their forefathers. Not one of their enemies withstood them. The Lord handed their enemies over to them, and not one of the Lord's good promises to the house of Israel failed. Everyone was fulfilled, and the Lord's presence was with them. Just as surely as Yeshua is going to lead us into the rest of God. As Paul says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, he says, Brothers, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep or grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. 
We believe Yeshua died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Yeshua those who have fallen asleep. According to the Lord's old word, we tell you that we who are still alive and who are left at the coming of the Lord will certainly not proceed those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Messiah will rise first. After that, we who are alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we'll, ever be, with the, or so we'll be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. Just as you, God chose Yehoshua to lead Israel into the rest he had chosen, Yeshua will lead us into the Sabbath rest of God. So see to it that your joy will be complete and your rest will be complete and that you have not fallen short of it. The author tells us why they didn't enter the rest. He said the message they heard was of no value to them because they did not combine it with faith. Over and over, They did not combine their redemption, the voice of God, the miracles of the wilderness journey with faith. No faith that God would lead them, so they made a calf. No faith that God would feed them and give them water, and so they complained. No faith, so they rebelled against God's chosen and finally failed to enter to believe the promises of God and enter into the land. All of those things are examples of the trials That we're given as well. They were given to us as an example. And that's why the author now says. Now we who believe. Have entered that rest. If you have faith. You can enter that rest today. If we trust in God. We'll enter that rest. And it won't be just the rest that's coming. But if we trust. We'll enter into that rest today. If we hear his voice. And so he says in verse 3. He says. So I declare on my. Uh, So I declare on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. And yet his work has been finished since the creation of the world. For somewhere he has spoken about a seventh day in these words. And on the seventh day, God rested from all of his work. And again, in this passage above, he says, they shall never enter my rest. You see what the author is saying? The author is saying that God entered his rest at the end of creation. And the point is, the author is making it that God rested on the seventh day and he hasn't ceased to rest. He's still resting. You can still enter into that rest. He's still resting. You can enter into that rest today. God rested on the seventh day and and the wilderness generation did not enter that rest. However, if we have faith, we can enter that rest and we can enter it today. If we hear his voice. How are you at resting in God? How are you at resting and allowing him to fight your battles for you? Who's the first person you go when trouble comes to? Do you run to the phone and call your mother, your father, your, the police? Or do you get on your knees and call to Yeshua? Think about it. And think about this. The next time a good deed is presented before you. Trust God and do it. Maybe it'll be hard. That's what trusting God is all about. It's never easy. It's always hard. If it's money, trust God. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Right? If it's safety, trust God. 
who gives you victory over your enemies. The point is, we need to trust God in all things. Amen? Let's bring the worship team back up.